Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is the Goddess Morning Show, and I am your host, Shannon. Today, we have an interview with a thought leader in the goddess community, and that is Sarah Jackson. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Shannon. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us today. Good. Thank you for having me. Yes, it is February and it is a February 20th and it is a Thursday. And can you just introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so the, the biggest thing about me, I guess I'm a mom of four. Um, and I'm a former police officer, now stay at home mom. Um, I also am a a tarot reader and aspiring screenwriter. Now, as far as my tarot reading, uh, my business is called Spirit Horse Tarot. Okay. Um, And so people can find me on my website as www.spirithorsetarot.com. Okay. Um, Or they can email me questions, Sarah at spirithorsetarot.com. But yeah, that's that's what I do. I, I use tarot to empower people. Um, and I live just outside Yosemite National Park in California. Um, and horses and the stories of people are my passion. I love that. I bet that the Yosemite National Park is just absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. It is. It's beautiful all year round. But if you want to go and not have a crowd, I would go now. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. I've, I've always wanted to go there, but I haven't made a trip to that specific park. But I've been in California a few times, and I can imagine how beautiful it is. And I love that you work with horses and that stories of people are your passion because that's also two of my passions. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So when, or when and how did you come to follow the divine feminine in your life? Um, well, it's, it's kind of a long drawn out gradual story really, but, um, I grew up in a a true polarity. You know, my mom was more pagan and witchy and, and my dad was a Christian. And so the divine feminine was always there for me, but in the background and disallowed. Okay. Um, so the sight of her and me as the warrior goddess really came to life for me during the 11 years I spent in law enforcement. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine. So that kind of leads us into the next question, which is which goddess resonates most with you and how did she call you? 
Um, the Valkyrie, for sure. Um, I know some may debate her place as a goddess, but I'm really not interested in that kind of hair splitting. Mm-hmm. Um, the Valkyrie is the Norse woman warrior on the winged horse. Mm-hmm. Um, she chooses who falls and who stands in battle and transports the fallen to Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost a lot of warrior brothers and a sister in real life. Um, and there's five death anniversaries for my friends just this month. Oh, wow. um, the guys that I worked with called me mama bear, uh, partly for how I wear the maternal persona at all times and partly for the running tackle that I was known for employing <laughs> in, in defense of others. Um, and so, and also I was also called sparky after, some of my electrical woes and a funny taser story, but um, that's kind of besides the point. Anyway, one morning um, before the sun came up, it was dark and cold outside, and um, I got a call of shots fired. And so I arrive on scene, and there's another officer with a different agency, um, but a fellow officer nonetheless had been shot in the face and in the side. Um, he was laying on the road for lack of a better definition, suffocating on his own blood. Mm. He had, um, one bullet stuck in his trachea and one lodged up against his spine. And that was the moment that she came to me, you know, this, um, these words, not this one, that was all I could say. And it was like, it, it just it's more than words. It's more than a verbalization, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I helped him clear his airway, um, and, and kept him stabilized for the ambulance. Um, which when you're out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> up in the mountains, right. it feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it wasn't looking back, but it felt like forever. Right. Um, but he survived and yeah. he's, he's back on duty He's still here for his wife and his kids, and um, I still get overwhelmed thinking of it. Yeah, I, but, can, I can imagine because that's a, a very powerful calling story. I mean, I, did you see like an image as well, or did you just have a knowing, or how did that happen? Um, I, I think I was a little t- – it, it's, it's something like that. You're too present. Mm-hmm. To, to get a visual image. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, it was just the voice and just a knowing I'm also claircognizant, mm-hmm. uh, not so much clairvoyant. So that makes sense to me that it was just a knowing. Right. I can imagine. I can imagine. And you know, what a beautiful story because, you know, police officers are warriors on the front lines of battle day in and day out. And, you know, the Valkyrie being so specific to warriors. Mm-hmm. And, and, and still feminine, which was a big deal to me. Yes. Being feminine, still being a warrior. Yes, yes, yes. That is very true. So what has she called you to do in honor to her? Or, like, what do you do in the big picture in the past for her? Um, so I, a lot of how I care for my horse because I have a horse, Mm -hmm. um, she's like my, my furry best friend, Mm -hmm. um, how I care for my horse and compete with my horse is, is one way. Um, you know, of course the, the 
medical aid for the other officer. That was the most dramatic act. Uh, but I still feel like I carry her within me. And if you ever go anywhere with me, you might pick up on it. I protect Mm -hmm. people. You know, I can be the most nurturing feminine woman and still embody the warrior protector simultaneously. And, you know, that's what's so strange about the modern day society that is that we've divorced the two femininity and being a warrior protector. I mean, mothers would identify with it, of course, but, um, you know, there is no necessary separation of femininity from being a warrior or a protector. Right. There's, there's, um, there is nothing inherently weak about the feminine. No, no. And so many goddesses that are coming back into play in awareness in modern times are really bringing that characteristic back, I think. Yes, for sure. For sure. I, I remember there were some other women that I worked with in the very, very beginning of my career in law enforcement, and they gave me a lot of grief about wearing makeup in uniform. And I I don't wear wild, crazy makeup. If if you know me, it's all neutral tones or whatever. But, um, and I said, you know, I refuse to sacrifice my femininity for equality. Right. You know, because they, they felt like I was, somehow betraying them Mm. by showing my feminine side at work. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I don't know how old you are. I'm 44, but you know, when I grew up as a young woman, you know, there was a lot of women that were wanting to become more masculine to fit in, in certain careers, you know, and look less feminine because there was a distinct separation. I encountered it when I went in the military And, you know, I'm so glad now that, you know, my daughter's generation of women are starting to see that there is, it's not, they're not mutually exclusive. You don't have to have one or the other. You don't have to embody uh, what's, what tends to be referred to as more masculine traits to uh, have those careers, you can very much be feminine and still, you know, there shouldn't be a, you know, less equality in that career field just because you're more feminine. Absolutely. Um, you will find, though, that, that there is less equality oh, when yeah. you do express your femininity in those, those environments because you're, you're threatening the patriarchy. Exactly. The status yeah. quo. Mm-hmm. You are exactly correct. And I, I have so much hope for the military now, now that I'm out, you know, it's been many, many years since I've been out, but, um, it's such a different environment now for young soldiers, for young women than it was in the nineties when I went in and, and that gives me hope, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we are, we're the same age, so okay, All I, right. get you, I get you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, you know, it's, it's, it's so reassuring to see things better for your children's generation than it was for you. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your daily practices that help you basically work with the divine feminine. Um, yeah. So the, the warrior protector aspect, very natural for me, it's a very easy place for me to go emotionally. Um, I still keep in fighting shape, you know, and employ that mindset and, but to keep connected with the goddess 
aspect, I embody her on the astral. Okay. Um, I have two embodiments on the astral, that a Valkyrie and my inner wise woman. My inner wise woman is me, but totally gray in mm-hmm. hair and dress. Mm-hmm. And she represents my highest self. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, caring for and riding my horse always makes me feel simultaneously grounded and in touch with the Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. And we had talked about this in the past that, you know, horses are such a spiritual animal in and of themselves and basically have this incredible intelligence. And you can have such a deep, almost sophisticated relationship with them that I can imagine that being a very spiritual practice. For sure. Yes. You know, if, if, People, if your listeners see my logo, it's, you know, within a circle is a woman on a horse, Mm -hmm. bareback with no bridle and no saddle. And in my mind, they're running on the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and there really is no more empowering, freeing feeling Mm -hmm. um, of trusting through intuition, trusting a large prey animal like that, you know, and having them cooperate and carry you in that way it's it's it is its own spiritual experience yes and I think that horses themselves not only are people that you know work with horses very intuitive but I think horses themselves are very intuitive yes they they are almost all intuition yeah they are incredibly uh intelligent and intuitive to where you know, usually when you're very spiritually connected to a horse that's your own personal horse, you just have a deep understanding and knowing of each other. It, it, there's no need for a lot of uh, commands or cues or th- there's just this, this knowing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a seamless kind of communication. It is. So do you have any ongoing projects right now, creations or work that you're currently doing for the goddess? Um, usually what what I do is it's all outdoors. You know, I do a lot of gardening outdoors and I um, take care of my horse and ride my horse and go compete. Um, but here where I live, this part of California, believe it or not, we get a true four seasons. Mm-hmm. And winter is just truly just a time for me to come indoors and work on my growth and, you know, get my mindset right. And it's, it's also this time of this year, my horse has an injury that I have her. She's actually um, doing hydrotherapy Mm -hmm. for it. So I can't ride anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you work, outside with animals and your garden, uh, the seasons really do take on a more cycle of the year feeling because nature becomes a rhythm in your life more so than if you have like an indoor job, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think so for sure. I mean, it, it, it affects me, you know, when it's winter time, I have to go break ice in my horse's trough so she can drink every day, you know, and, and, In the, in the summertime, it's extremely hot. And so, you know, I can only go out and ride and exercise her and do my outside stuff early in the morning or at night, you know, and so my, yeah, my whole schedule and my whole life revolves around the wheel of the year, truly. 
yeah, I really miss that from when I had my farm. I also really enjoy that. So I, I identify with what you're saying. So what tip do you have for others that would help them to become closer both to the goddess uh, in general and also to the Valkyrie? Um, you know, I talk a lot about embodiment, you know, being something or someone. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as the Valkyrie goes, you know, she's a very empowered woman. And, you know, a lot of a lot of queen energy, a lot of warrior energy. And so I think to embody the Valkyrie, you take on those traits for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, but whichever goddess feels most like home to you, become her, you know, in thought and action and intent. Oh yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think one of the greatest things um, we can do is just learning about them, you know, mm-hmm. learning about the specific one that resonates with you because uh, I think that there's a lot of great wisdom in their stories for sure. Yeah. So does she speak to you about the planet or the environment? How does she call to you in that respect? Um, well, my, my protection and storytelling, you know, telling people their own stories through tarot or telling people the stories of significant people through screenplay. Um, that has always primarily focused on people. Um, I do though, I recycle and I garden almost all of our vegetables through the, every, every season except winter, obviously right. all of our vegetables come from our garden. Um, and I care for all of my animals and the wildlife that lives around me. Uh, being here near Yosemite, we have deer and coyotes and squirrels and hawks and all kinds of the forest creatures in my yard every day. Um, and I've learned how to garden around their preferences and attract the ones that I really like to see, like hummingbirds and butterflies and stuff. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. So you have a specific characteristic or trait that I wanted to ask you about, and you can tell the listeners about more. Can you describe what being a slider is? Yes. Um, well, you can tell them, you know, too, about our, our uh, experiences <laughs> yesterday. Yes. But, um, so pretty much um, when my energy, we are all energy, right? We all exude energy. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is energy. And when s- certain people have very high energy auras or high energy output, um, we tend to affect electronic devices quite a, quite a bit. Um, like say, you know, uh, what, when I get really upset, especially if I'm upset or if my energy turns negative or if something is not right and I'm trying to kind of swallow it down, stuff will just like fry around me. Um, so one, one instance that I remember very closely is I was on field training phase. So I had just graduated the Academy and I'm driving on highway nine in Santa Cruz County for anybody who's familiar. It's between Santa Cruz and Felton. It's in the woods, in the redwoods. 
there's no moon, there's no streetlights, there's nothing out there. It's dark. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have cliff on one side and river on the other. It's two lane road, no, no shoulders. And something, I don't know what he was yelling at me about, but he was yelling at me and like that I was stupid or I can't remember what it was, but he's insulting me and yelling at me. And it was really pissing me off. And I was trying really hard not to say anything back to him. And boom, every light and every electronic in the patrol car shut down. Oh, wow. Just like all we had was our flashlights because our flashlights were not on. Oh, wow. And we had already had like six computer crashes and, you know, problems with dispatch hearing our, our radio signals and stuff throughout the day. And he's like, he says, can I cuss here? Are we okay, <laughs> are we okay to cuss? Or oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that to him in the squad car. Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. Okay, cuss. yeah. No, he says, he says, I fucking hate you. You're a sunspot. <laughs> get out of my car. And so I got out of the car and I walked away like 50 feet and he turned it back on and it all worked. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I was like, don't, don't you just, can we please like just fix this and be nice? I need to calm down. I need some chocolate. That's also one thing for me. Like smooth out my energy with some chocolate. Um, but yeah, so, uh, sliders oftentimes will not wear watches um, because our watch batteries will wear out very quickly. Um, I have to change my phone every couple of years because they do, they just wear out. Mm. Um, I do volunteer work for a group. We find, um, missing, uh, cold case, missing people through, mm-hmm. a, a remote viewing or mm-hmm. astral travel. And, um, to test into that, I had to do a test like this over Skype with one of the founders of the group and I actually shut his computer down in the middle of it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I told you this is going to happen. This is just, and he says, no, it's actually a very common thing for people with psychic abilities. Um, And so, you know, one of the bad things is it often comes with heart murmurs, Mm. electrical issues with your heart. And, and I do, I have a a specialized heart murmur, Mm. um, but luckily it's harmless. So good. But yeah, mercury retrograde hits me hard. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine. And you know, I, I think remote viewing, I think that work that you're doing with remote viewing is incredible. I did not really know much about it until I started, you know, wanting to develop my own psychic abilities more and then stumbled across a YouTube video about the guys that did it for the CIA and the government back in the seventies. And I I just thought that that was amazing. I I congratulate you and and applaud you on, on doing work for cold cases that in that direction. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And, and we're a nonprofit group and we work with uh, families, but mostly with law enforcement agencies on an individual basis. But, um, if anybody listening has those abilities and wants to find out more, they can always contact me and I'll, I'll put them in touch. That's great. And, you know, what a great resource uh, for the families. You know, uh, some of them, I'm sure, have already given up hope or, you know, thought that there was never going to be any resolution. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's not usually a happy ending because missing – yeah. A cold case missing person is, is not usually happy ending, but it does give them some closure. I'm sure. I'm sure. 
And uh, so if someone had a cold case, they would just contact their local law enforcement and then the law enforcement gets in touch with the group. Is that correct? Yeah. So what by a cold case, what I mean is somebody reported someone missing years ago. Ah, okay. And the, the law enforcement agency that's in charge of that case or has jurisdiction over that case has taken it to its end. Mm-hmm. And there's there are no more clues. There's no more anything to investigate. They're, they're, it's a cold case. Like, right, right. There's nothing new happening on it. True. That's true. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I know you mentioned your website earlier in the podcast. Did you want to put your Instagram out there as well? Yeah, if, if people want to follow me, it's uh, spirit.horse.tarot. Okay, and I will also, for all the listeners that are uh, tuned in today, I will put those in the show notes. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and taking time to do this interview. Thank you. I am so sorry that we had Mercury Retrograde technical issues yesterday. <laughs> It's okay, I'm used to it. Okay. All right. So thank you for tuning in, listeners, and we'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. Have a wonderful day. Blessings and namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From Ashes We Rise To.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom-blended, organic, non-GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand-poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's from Ashes We Rise with the number 2 to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.